0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church around the world celebrates the Feast of the Body and Blood of Jesus Christ, what we used to call Corpus Christi. Now the first reading brings us back to one of the most important points in salvation history. In fact, it's one of the most compelling passages in all of the Bible. Here we have Moses speaking to the Israelites when they were about to enter the promised land. Now he asks the Israelites to recall the 40 years in which they wandered in the desert. Now this movement of the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land really is a metaphor for the spiritual journey for each and every one of us the journey from sin to salvation. Realizing this, now we can move into this story because we are like the Israelites. The spiritual journey is one in which we make our way throughout life from sin to grace, and we are all on that same journey. Now, it's interesting. When you go back to the Israelites and their are wandering in the desert, you find out how often they complain They complain about being thirsty, about being hungry, about not knowing where they're going or being lost. Well, in the spiritual journey, we sometimes have a hard time. It's not always going to be easy for us. When we are trying to move from sin to grace, what are we really trying to do? We're trying to move from selfishness, envy, jealousy, anger, whatever it may be, moving to a better form of life, to be more like Jesus Christ. If we read the spiritual masters, they'll tell us sin is like an addiction. It's a negative pattern of behavior. We find ourselves stuck in. And maybe we're stuck in pride or envy or anger, jealousy, whatever it may be. We just can't say, tomorrow, you know, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and I'm going to change for the better. Well, it may not be that simple. It never is, and it wasn't for the Israelites. In order to no longer bear grudges, in order to release that anger, in order to turn pride into humility, we should expect that it's not always going to be easy. Even at some times, it might be painful. More to it, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, just like it was for the Israelites that wandered for 40 years before they reached their final destination. Well, in the spiritual life, we are in it for the long haul. We don't walk the spiritual journey when we feel like it or when we have time. Now, did you ever wonder why it took so long for the Israelites to travel from Egypt to Israel? Now, if you look on a map, geographically, they're not that far apart. In fact, they share the same border. When I lived in Israel, I could get on a bus, and it took me only five hours to travel from Jerusalem, which is in the middle of the country of Israel, down to Egypt. And so it begs the question, why? Why did it take so long? Well, as I mentioned before, this story is a metaphor about the spiritual life and the journey from sin to grace. It reminds me of a quote from St. John Chrysostom. He said, one of the longest spiritual journeys a person can take is from the head to the heart. We can understand, theologically, everything that Jesus teaches as well as our church. But the moment we put it into practice, we put it into our heart and live it out, that takes time. We can't make the mistake of thinking conversion or transformation comes quick and easy. It didn't for the Israelites. Now, here's the important thing to remember. During that period in the desert, God was a source of nourishment for the Israelites and a source of life itself. The Israelites were hungry and they were thirsty. Well, in the first reading, it says that God gave them water from the rock and manna from heaven. And so God was a source of life for the Israelites. The Israelites, in turn, depended upon God each and every day for life itself. Now, it's important for you to put yourself into the story. Spiritually speaking, we realize how dependent we are upon God, for life itself. Part of our conversion is coming to the belief of our complete reliance on God, and not on ourselves. We have to realize sin in all of its forms is real egotism. It's the person that has the hyper reliance upon themselves which leads to dysfunctional sin. The Israelites had to let go of everything, all of their plans, all of their ambitions, all of their desires and accept God's will and how God would lead them to the promised land. And so the Israelites they ate and they drank everything that God gave them. Now it's important to understand What they ate and they drank wasn't of their accord. They didn't go out and get those things. God gave them everything they needed to survive and live. Well, so too with us in the spiritual life. God gives us his body and his blood to eat and to drink. God gives us that spiritual food so that we can be sustained in our spiritual journey. More to it, we are prepared and ready for our final destination which is heaven itself. So like the Israelites, we too depend clearly and totally upon God each and every day to sustain us and give us life. And see, that's part of the spiritual journey from sin to salvation. If we have the attitude of one in which we say to ourselves, I will rely upon myself. I will follow my own will. Well, we won't go very far in the spiritual journey. Instead, we have to rely upon God, and that's the essential part, turning ourselves over to God. And see, that's why the story of the Israelites wandering in the desert is a metaphor for our own spiritual journey, and that's why this story is so important for us all. Now, the story of the Israelites here is a symbolic setting that Jesus invokes in the gospel when he discusses the mystery of his body and blood. Now, notice what he says to his disciples. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. When Jesus says, I myself am the living bread, well, he's referring to essentially the manna. The manna that the Israelites received was just physical sustenance. But Jesus is the actual living food. That's why he says later on, Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Now, do you see what Jesus is implying here? He's implying that we are making our way. Yes, through our spiritual journey. We are moving from sin to salvation. And yet, in order for us to do that, we have to continue to eat and drink a special food that is unique in of itself and not part of this world. The special or spiritual food is Jesus' body and blood. We have to take in that special spiritual food that only God can give us in order for us to continue on in our spiritual journey and ultimately reach our destination, which is heaven. And see, that's the key. We have to rely upon God and God to feed us. And that's why Jesus says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Now stop and think about that. Just meditate upon that for a little bit, how overwhelming a statement that is. We become what we eat. St. Thomas Aquinas said, when it comes to the Eucharist, you are what you eat. Now, just think of that. Now, when we eat food, just regular food at all, that food is assimilated into our bodies. What do I mean by that? Well, when we eat food, whatever it may be, it enters into our body, and our body begins to break that food down into carbohydrates and proteins and simple sugars. Well, the Eucharist is something altogether different. In fact, it's just the opposite. When we eat and drink Jesus' body and blood, we, we assimilate into the Eucharist, into the life of Christ. We become like Jesus, of whom we eat his body and blood. Go back to the story of creation. What does God say? Let us make man in our own image and likeness. Well, that's so true. Every time we eat Jesus' body and drink his blood, we are growing into that image and likeness that God created us in, into his own image. And the Eucharist, Jesus' body and blood, helps us to do just that. And that's what Jesus is referring to when he says, You will remain in me, and I will remain in you. More to it, the Eucharist provides the strength to continue the journey from sin to grace, from this world to the next, the world of heaven. Now, this is very important for us to understand this. The Lord isn't playing around here. He's not talking about superficialities. He's saying that his body and his blood are vital, vital nourishment in the spiritual life. We have to have it, and we have to have it on a regular basis, not just to sustain ourselves in this world, but help us to get to our destination. See, this is why our church treats and holds the Eucharist with such seriousness. We know the Eucharist is the spiritual food that sustains us in this life and gives us the promise of eternal life. That's why Jesus says at the end, Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. Now, one last thought. Turn to the second reading, Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Here is the earliest Eucharistic theology in the Bible. Paul wrote Corinthians around 50 AD, which is 10 years before the first gospel was ever written. Notice what Paul says. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Is it not a participation in the body of Christ? What Paul is getting at here? The Eucharist is the privileged means by which we receive the divine life that God wants to give each and every one of us. Through the Eucharist, we join our life to Christ. We now participate in his life. We become integrated into his mystical body. And in doing so, yes, now we transition from sin to grace, from this world to the next. Friends, strongly encourage you take some time this week, reread all three scripture readings as we celebrate Corpus Christi. All three readings teach us about the power as well as our love for the Eucharist that sustains us in this world and helps us to attain the world we are all longing for, heaven. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.